Let's title the devotional this morning. <clears throat> I want to welcome to each of the visitors here. It's a real blessing to have you here. I don't know. I guess I find it an extra special blessing to have family, even if it's extended family around. Uh, seems like it's hard to get those Eastern people to come out here. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings to us. Thank you for this opportunity to meet together with believers, fellowship together, sit under the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray that your word would go forth this morning in truth. Lord, I pray that I could be a vessel that you could use to speak through. Lord, we ask that your word be spoke this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. <clears throat> we find ourselves in approximately 1063 B.C. Saul was just conquered or just had the battle. The Israelites just had a battle with the Amalekites. Samuel gave Saul strict orders to kill all of the, all of everything, man, woman, beast, utterly destroy all of the Amalekites and all that they had. You find that in chapter 15. But Saul saved Agag the king and the best of the sheep and the oxen. And I think we know the story. It's in in chapter 15, I believe. Samuel tells Saul, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. 15.22 So I think we know this story. Um, Agag, Samuel killed Agag the king, and the Lord rejected Saul from being king of Israel. That was sometime prior to 1063. I don't know what year that was. Some references would show could have been as many as um, 15 years. <clears throat> In the beginning of chapter 16, the Lord says to Samuel, How long are you going to weep, seeing I have rejected? How long will you weep for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning? Get up and go to the house of Jesse, for I have a king, a king there. I'm not, it's not the exact words, but so we know the story there. He went to the house of Jesse. He he examined the seven eldest boys out of the eight, and in verse 16, the Lord tells um, in chapter 16, verse 7. 
The Lord tells Samuel, Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And in chapter 16, we find the anointing of David as king of Israel. In the end of chapter 16, it tells us after the anointing of David that the Spirit of the Lord was upon David. It also tells us that the Spirit of God left Saul at that time. Saul was in, and he, the Lord gave Saul an evil spirit. And through that time, then David was actually called to play music for Saul and to soothe him. David, it appears to me that David actually lived there near Saul. He became Saul's armor bearer over that time. And then we get to chapter 17 where I'd like to focus more this morning, just to give a little bit of a picture of what we have. So read the whole chapter verse seven, of chapter 17. It's a familiar story, but there's, I think, lots of lessons we can learn. <clears throat> Begin reading chapter 17, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Azekah and Ephesdamim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron. One bearing a shield went before him. <clears throat> and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose ye a man for you, and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard the words, these, those words of the Philistines, Starting over verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shema. <clears throat> and David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul 
to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now thy brethren an ephah of parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and take and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him and came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion of the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the, name, to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride, and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down, that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another, and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armored David with his armor and put on an helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these. For I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. 
And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked out and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith and when the Philistines saw their champion was dead they fled and the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until they came to the valley of the gates of Ekron and they wounded of the Phil and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sharim even unto Gath and unto Ekron and the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines and they spoiled their tents and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And when, Saul, and when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son the stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said unto him, Whose son art thou, young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. <clears throat> I think it's a very familiar story. It's quite a defeat. The, as I just pondered the setting a bit, we have the Philistine army and the Israelite army with a valley between. I don't know how far apart they were. But there they were. The Philistine army, obviously confident in their warrior. The Israelite army, scared to death. For 40 days, Morning and evening, 80 times, Goliath came out and called to them, send a man. And I presume 80 times the 
Israelite army ran when they saw him. Uh, it's an assumption. I don't know. Did they? Did Goliath go back into his tent and they creep up on the Philistines, assuming maybe they'll, maybe they'll get in while he's in his tent? I don't know. But it says that uh, in verse 24, the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him. <clears throat> We're scared. I don't know. I might have been too. We consider Goliath a little bit. A good nine and a half feet tall. Um, he was a descendant of Gath. And we read in First Chronicles that the descendants of Gath had six fingers and six toes. They were big men. And quite likely this Goliath did too. I don't know what you would do with an extra finger and toe on each hand and foot. Might make you more valuable. I don't know. But... He was a big man. It doesn't say how big or how heavy his helmet was. His coat of mail, which the way I understand was a, it was a, it was a brass coat that was similar to like the scales on a fish. So they, they overlaid, laid each other and apparently it was basically a brass coat that was flexible that he could move in. Um, some suggest it may have weighed up to 125 pounds, 5,000 shekels. I saw figures anywhere from 78 to 125 pounds. This was no light coat. Um, he had brass on his legs to protect his legs. He had a spear that had a head that weighed somewhere between 15 and 18 pounds. Um, it says his his spear had a had it was like a weaver's beam, and I couldn't get a lot of for sure information on a weaver's beam, but possibly two to two and a half inches in diameter. I have no idea how long it might have been with a 15 pound head of iron on the end. I mean, this was no little thing. Um, you find in verses 4 and 8 through 11 that Goliath was tall and intimidating. He was, in the Israelite mind, unconquerable. Uh, Saul tells David that he was a man of war from his youth, probably fought many battles and won many. And yet, David looked at him and says, this uncircumcised Philistine, he can be just like the lion and the bear that I took care of. I mean, what power does he have? He has no power of God. He's just a man. What about David? He was a youth. Don't know how old he was. I didn't take the time to consider that. But a youth, he was a shepherd of his father's sheep. He was in the king's house at one time and was willing to go back to shepherding his father's sheep. I think we read that in uh, the end of 16 where he was in the king's house. And then in 17 it says that the, his three oldest brothers went to war 
and he went back to, to shepherding his father's sheep. He was, he says, it says that he was of a beautiful countenance and good to look upon. And somehow, apparently, that uh, turned Goliath off. It said it disdained him. We know that David was chosen of God. As we read in chapter 16, he was, he was anointed king. He had the spirit of the Lord in him. We find that he was, he was a musician. Played on his harp. He was a mighty man. man. Uh, in verse... In chapter 16, verse 18, it says, uh, He was a mighty, valiant man, a man of war, prudent in matters, a comely person, and the Lord is with him. That describes David. It says that David loved Saul. Um, Later in chapter 16, and he obviously was in Saul's house. Became Saul's armor bearer. Um, the king respected him. He is willing to follow direction, his father's direction. When his father sent him to check up on his brothers and take several things with him, he was willing to follow that direction um, under his father's authority. He also was bold and courageous, but in a quite a bit different way than Goliath. Um, in his discourse with Saul, Saul said, "Hey, you're just a youth," and he told him how he how he slew the lion and the bear. He said, "I can I can do this. This is this is nothing with God, basically." And he told Goliath the same thing. You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come in the name of the Lord. Believe that David had the power of God. We know he had the Spirit of God in his life. He had all he needed to meet a giant coming in his own strength. So what can we learn from this? It's more than just a children's story. It's more than just a great defeat of a youth boy slaying a giant. I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn, and I just tried to pull out a few of them. <clears throat> How many times do we let our enemies or our giants, who really don't have any power, no power over us defy or put to shame the name of the Lord the Israelites were very much putting to shame the name of the Lord I mean basically showing the whole world that they had no power over this uncircumcised Philistine and here they have God with them and yet they were scared of this giant and how many times do we do the same thing? Do we let the giants in our lives, the enemy, have power over, over us? Even though he really has no power, and yet we put to shame the name of the Lord by not 
claiming his power and conquering our enemies or our giants. We know the devil is, has uh, gained victories over people. He's drawn people away from God. We know that he's won other battles. But he doesn't have to win our battle. Just because he has experience doesn't mean that he has power. We have the Lord to fight for us. What more do we need? Do we let those around us discourage us? I I think that David had every right to be discouraged. It's possible that he was the youngest man in that battle. I don't know for sure, but it's possible. You know, as the youngest man in the battle, surely all these men know what they're talking about. And they're running from this guy. Why wouldn't that alone scare you? David didn't let Goliath, his oldest brother Eliab, Saul, or the rest of Israel discourage him, even though they tried. Eliab's like, I know the pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. And it tried to discourage him. What are you doing? Go home and take care of dead sheep. I mean, come on. You know, Goliath. Am I a dog? I mean, who do you think you are? Sticks and stones coming after me. You know, he had all of Israel running from Goliath. Why wouldn't he have been have been discouraged? And yet he claims his confidence in the Lord. He tells Goliath, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, I, I come to you in, in his name. And we have that as well, the Lord of hosts the God of the armies, to fight for us. We don't need to let, even when those around us are giving in, we don't have to give in to the giants or the enemies in our life. David didn't let unfamiliar armor assist him in his mission to defeat his enemy. And this one was kind of a challenge to me as I considered this. He put on all of Saul's armor and he says, you know, I can't do this. This isn't going to work. It's, I don't know how, I don't know how to use, I, I don't know this armor. I've never used it before. It's, it's not going to work. And he put it all, he took it all back off again. You know, we have all that we need. Ephesians 6, 14 to 18, we have the armor of God. We have what we need. Girdle of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. And we have prayer. If we have accepted Christ in our lives, we have we have all that we need right there. Many have used it before, 
And we can as well. The more we use it, the more familiar we are with it. The more proven it is. But how many times do we do we turn to other men's armor? How many times do we, instead of going to the Word of God, do we pick up the book that says uh, the power of a praying man or praying woman, or we pick up a guide to being victorious over our sins, or we, I, you name it. Um, often there's there's tons of literature out there on how to how-tos and guides to be more effective and to there's just tons of literature out there often by authors that we probably wouldn't otherwise support and somehow we think that that's healthy armor for us I'm not going to say it's all wrong I'll let you decide but I would challenge it a bit. We have the Word of God. We have salvation. We have prayer. I think we have the Spirit of God. What more do we need? My last point David fought with confidence. Verse 34 through 47, 34 through 37, David tells Saul about his previous battles with a lion and a bear. And he tells Saul, this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Then he tells Goliath in verse 46, this day will the Lord deliver me into into mine hand. All he had was a sling and five stones. He didn't have an armor bearer. He didn't have an armor. He had a sling and five stones. No no man-made protection. I found one resource that suggested that if a stone was slung properly, it would take the stopping force of that stone would be similar to a 45 caliber handgun. I don't know how they can prove that. But I mean, so David had proven armor, his sling and a stone, and he knew how to use it. But more than that, he had God, the Spirit of the Lord. And finally, and this is where I get my title for the message, in verse 48, finally, when, when Goliath makes moves towards him, and it, doesn't, it, it, it kind of indicates, or I get the, indication, or the impression that Goliath didn't approach him quickly or in haste, but he started moving towards him. It says, And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and drew nigh, came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran to the army. He had confidence. Ran towards him and slew him and killed him. 
How many times do we let the giants or the enemies in our life intimidate us by coming towards us? I don't know how that might be, but they look overwhelming and we say, whoa, we can't do this. And we back up and we turn around and we run from them and we don't conquer them. We don't face them head on. Goliath didn't wait, or David didn't wait around for another day or two or 40 days. It's like, if I have God, what do I need to wait on? Show the whole world that it doesn't take a sword and a spear to have victory. I think we can have that same confidence. It's quite possible that we've had we have won battles in the past. We know that we have the armor of God. We have the spirit of the Lord. We are fully armored with God. What are we doing? Trying to run away. We can be victorious. I just read verses 50 and 51 again. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head thereof. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. David can have victory over giants. We can too.